welcome to the Geeks at the Gate. Little bit of a departure this week. Unlike our usual episodes, this isn't a bunch of geeks sitting around the table talking about a thing. This is in fact just me talking over Skype to the comics writer Michael Morisi. Um, you may not have heard of him. He does most of his work for an independent publisher called Vault. I'm a big fan of both of him and the company. And uh, this interview gets into a little bit of why that is. Um, a couple of things before we get started, though. Um, I'm not just uh, what Harrogate Community Radio was pleased to call the lead geek at the Geeks of the Gates. I'm also uh, the audio producer and the sound engineer. And as such, I have a little bit of professional pride. So... I need to tell you two things. First, this episode of the Geeks of the Gates is probably the worst audio quality that I've produced in the three years the show's existed. It's also, I think, the audio production I'm most proud of, because believe me, dear listener, if you think it sounds terrible now, you should have heard it in its original form. I'm not quite sure what the problem was. Recording over Skype is always a bit of a gamble. Um, there are all kinds of weird, I'm going to call them breathing noises, but they're not, because um, it definitely wasn't Mr. Marisi, uh, and it wasn't me, because my mic was muted when he was talking. So I can only assume that there's some kind of electronic artefact in, in the... The, the static or the noise of the signal. I couldn't get rid of it completely. I got rid of it as much as I could. Um, some of it is still there. There are also one or two pops and clicks uh, normally that I would have got rid of, but again, I couldn't because they were on the same channel as uh, Mr. Marisi's answers. And as such, I couldn't get rid of them without cutting him. And there were points where if I did that, what he was saying simply wouldn't have made sense. So, what you've got in your ears this evening, uh, if this evening is when you're listening to it, is something of a compromise. I'll be honest, I gave serious thought to not putting this out because the audio quality is not up to the standard that Venus Rising Media would normally aspire to. But it, it was an interesting interview uh, Mr. Marisi had some interesting things to say, not just about his comics, um, his best known, the, the ones he'll talk about and that he's best known for, are Wasted Space and The Maw uh, from Vault Comics and the forthcoming The Plot, uh, which is a horror comic also coming up from Vault Comics. Um, that said, I think it should also be pointed out that we were talking over Skype. It was late afternoon uh, in the US when this conversation took place, which means it was really, really late in the UK. And with hindsight, I should have picked a different day. I'd been up since five that morning. It was approaching midnight by the time this interview finished. I think it's fair to say, and you can probably hear this in my voice, I was not entirely at my best. I'm a better interviewer than this makes me sound, I promise. Okay? 
there'll be more interview episodes in the future where I hope to be able to demonstrate that. But for now, um, this is what it is. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you get something out of it. I found it to be a fascinating conversation, which I thoroughly enjoyed, and I'm pleased to share it with you, flawed though it is. Uh, we are going to sound the spoiler horn because it does contain some spoilers for uh, Michael Maurice's comics. Uh, but after that, we will get into it. Oh, except to say, again, for some reason, about the first 10 minutes of this conversation disappeared. So we will join this conversation in the middle of our discussion of Michael Morisi's current comic, The Mall, uh, which is a sort of post-apocalyptic survival story, really. It's not really a horror story, um, in which people who are, as far as they know, the last survivors of the human race, are all taking shelter in a Midwestern shopping mall and have divided themselves into tribes and gangs in the way that would probably happen if such a thing would have happened for real. Uh, we discussed the influences uh, that he had on that scenario in the conversation that we that did survive, so uh, I'll leave that there. So yeah, I'm proud of this, but it's not my best work, if that makes sense. Uh, but as I say, enjoy it for what it is, quick blast on the spoiler horn, and you'll see what I mean. <laughs> Spoilers! 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 The 80s and cinema, when they're telling things, stories of the earth decay, capitalism decay, and all this nasty stuff about how, how it just, to use the word again, it was just nasty. They, they, were, they were dirty stories of gangs and zombies, and, and, and you know, good guys were not always good. You know, Snake Plissken was not really a good guy. Yeah. I've only read issue one of more, but it, I mean, is that that seems to be the approach you're taking with with that? In that, you know, you've got the gangs sort of based around different sections of the mall, and you've got. I, 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 so I'm doing I'm doing weird sort of demonstration things with my hands here, which you can't see, and neither can the listeners. So that's probably not useful. I, I'm really intrigued to see where that goes, um, and obviously, I'm not going to ask you for spoilers or anything. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've really been intrigued by the, the that whole sort of almost claustrophobic idea that outside of the mall there's nothing and inside of the mall it's it's tribal and it's gangs and, and that's that's of, of the things of yours that i've read that that idea that there are sort of tribe groupings seems to be a kind of a theme is that is that correct well, it is you know i think that's like one of the biggest things you, you think about and that's, I think, this threads uh, with Waste of Space and with the whole identity. And one of the you know, truest ways that people find, uh, uh, find their identity, and I'm guilty as, any, as anybody, but you find identity by defining yourself against what you're not. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of really, in Waste of Space, kind of a lot of time. 
same way, and it just kind of takes that a step further because when you when you get involved, you get into consumer culture, mm-hmm. you get into the idea of brands and brand identity. <clears throat> so there's something nefarious about the formulation of identities based along uh, you know brand lines because like you know we have these places that are like you know we're Team Foot Locker, we're Team you know. Uh, 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 hot topic or whatever. So, like, you know, you have all these weird definitions, and people have to, you know, close the circle a little bit. You have to get so uh, compact and involved, but people are still doing the same thing uh, by saying, "I'm this, therefore I'm not that." You know? Yeah. All these identities that are into the, the, the kind of crisis of is about that like weird way we form identities. But also about like forming identities by through these very manipulated, you know, brands. I mean, you're in the post-apocalypse. Flogger doesn't exist. Yeah. Corporation. There's no <laughs> like. There's nobody monitoring this. There's no. There's no hot topic management. It's gone. Like, we're, but we're still doing the same thing, <laughs> nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, as, this is almost irrelevant, but it, it's just idle curiosity. I, are we ever going to find out what it was that ended the world in Marvel, or does that just not matter? Is it just a, a this is this is the thing that happened that was where we are? No, we, we're not. Um, it's funny, Gary and I. Uh, we, we, we it's risky doing a post-apocalyptic story because post-apocalypse has been done uh, to death. You know, there's a whole bunch of it. So we were like, you know, at this point, post-apocalyptic story is to not talk about the post-apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're just, you know, we made a point in the first issue to say, the world ended, I don't know, you know, as Andre talking to the main character, who's like, I don't know how it ended, it ended, and here we are. And I, yeah. yeah, and I guess from a story point of view, it doesn't actually matter, does it? It's, it's like, this is a thing that happened, and this is us dealing with it. Right, right, because we've seen that. We've seen story so many times you know two things usually it's either one if what happened we got to figure out how this happened and try to reverse it or just like the basic survival story, you know um and we're like we want to do use the vehicle of like the world's ended let's do a microcosm of who we are in this centralized place that is basically you know our consumeristic capitalistic you know place of worship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really liked that as a as a thought. And this is probably more information than anybody needs to have about the way my mind, mind works, but um, I have kind of thought about what would I do if something happened and society was over? You know, zombie apocalypse or asteroid from space or whatever it is. And honestly, I would totally go to the mall or the shopping centre or the the, the place where all the stuff is. It, it's, it's actually a really logical thing to do. I agree. I mean, you have, you have the things you need. Uh, it's a, a, a haven of sorts. You know, you know it. It's familiar. Uh, there's probably going to be other people there, so you get your sense of community. Uh, yeah, it's only tracks that you can say, yeah, this is, this is where I should go of all places, you know? Like, I, 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 and that's the thing, we never really thought, like, well, this is kind of far-fetched. We're like, no, this is, people would go. Yeah. For sure go to the mall. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I was reminded, actually, of um, the movie Shaun of the Dead, where the, the, 
the reaction of Simon Pegg's character is let's go down the Winchester, which is their local pub, and you know, did, because again, it's it's where it's what's familiar, it's where my friends are, and for a lot of people, the the equivalent of that is where we go to shop, and it has the added advantage of this is where all the stuff is that will help us survive. So yeah, it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And after I've only read issue one, as I say, but I um, really enjoyed it, and I'm I'm desperate to find out what happens, but I'm not going to ask you to tell me because spoilers, obviously. Um. So, um, what I'd like to do just a little bit is rewind for a second. Um, what I'm interested in is how you got into writing as a profession as opposed to a hobby. Because um, regular listeners to this podcast will know that I regularly bill myself as a wannabe writer. And the reason I don't call myself actual writer is I write a lot of stuff, but I never finish anything because I don't have the discipline and I'm always fascinated when I talk to writers I'm always fascinated about how you focus and have a project have an idea for a story that you write and finish and then move on to the next one does that make sense because because as a as an amateur sort of hobby writer mate I've been working on a novel since 1991 and I'm I'm still kind of on chapter three because I constantly go back and fiddle with bits and then leave it alone for six months and then come back to it and fiddle. And and I'm fascinated by process and how you actually go, okay, this is my idea. I am now writing this idea. I've now finished this idea and I'm moving on to the next because it's something that I singularly can well, it's uh, it's tough. I mean, you're right, and, and I do believe you're a writer. You know, so 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 convince yourself of that <laughs> because if you're doing it, you're a writer. You know, um, and uh, I firmly firmly believe that. Um, but as for finishing, you know, um, I don't know if it's hmm. Like, I think it is a little bit of discipline. Obviously, the act of writing. For you know, I I write you know nine to five every day. So it's like job. This is me. So there's a certain amount of like discipline of just sitting down and doing the, doing the act of doing it every day, eight hours a day, getting stuff done. Um, but I think like when it comes to finishing projects, um, you know, we can always all we can all always uh, tinker and revisit and revise and kind of lose the perspective that you need in order to tell a story. Like stories, uh, even if you are a, uh, a a writer who writes by uh, by plotting everything out, you know, if you if you if you're writers, you know, there's the, as they say, there's two types of writers: there's a plotter, and a pantser. The plotter sits down, plots everything out, mm-hmm. and writes, and the pantser is just like, I'm just gonna sit down and write it and figure out as I go. Um, even if you are the most uh, loyal plotter, there's something said about like just letting the story just kind of come out of you and just go. Mm-hmm. Um, Kirby said it best uh, that perfect is the enemy of good, and it's something I believe. You know, I think we all want to strive to do our best and tell our best story. Um, but the, the reality is that, like, you have to manage. Yeah. Be, be okay with what you've done and accept 
mostly saying warts and all, um, and be able to set your mind then to something else, you know, to, to pivot to something else. And maybe you do that pivot in between, you know, like you, you juggle two projects or three projects at once, whatever. Um, as long as you keep going, the, 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 the goal is always to keep going and to keep moving. Um, and you can keep something, you kind of either send it out to the world or sit on it for a bit or whatever you choose to do and then fill up that time with something else and keep juggling and keep moving. Um, but I think that the, you have to give yourself the freedom to just kind of let the story let the story come out and not worry about it being perfect or not worry about what it is. It's going to be, you're going to make it the way that you actually can do, you know, like writing is a craft. I firmly believe that I'm not, I'm not in the mindset of like that talent is what gets you anywhere. I don't, I don't believe that. I think it's a craft. I think it's a job. So like when it comes to like carrying that through, you know, yes, it is a craft and a job, but also like, there's, you're always, this is a uh, divorce from tale, and there's your voice. There's your singular way of you telling a story, or the way I tell a story, and it's different. So you just have to kind of come to terms with, this is how I tell stories. This is me, this is my voice, this is the way I tell stories, and this is the way I'm telling the story, and there's no other way I can tell it. Uh, feeling comfortable and confident with that is the key, and then that gets you kind of, kind of moving and keeps you going. I think that's great. I think it's really great advice, actually. Um, yeah. Uh, perfect. I think perhaps is the enemy of the good. Um, yeah. No, yeah. Thank you for that. I'm going to go back and look at some of my stuff later. Um, <laughs> uh, so, I think perhaps the other thing that I would like to explore a little bit is uh, a lot of people listening to this are like me. They're people who have ideas, they have stories in their heads that they want to try and share and get out there, but they haven't got a clue how to approach publishers and get things sorted and agreed and on a, an actual page that people can actually see. So, I guess what I'm asking is, I mean, when I think of you as a writer, I think of Vault comics. Um, I think that the first thing of yours I saw was Wasted Space from Vault. Or at least, actually that's probably not true. I think I've actually seen lots of things that you've done. But the first thing I saw that I knew was you when I recognised your name was Wasted Space from Vault. Uh, so how did that relationship come about? Because I, I know you a lot of your focus now seems to be with, with Vault. So, so how did that relationship with you and Vault first come about? Um, yeah, that's, that's a, you're right. I do. I love working with Vault. Uh, we have a great thing going. Um, and um, the question is something that I, I tend to generally say. Uh, um, and when it comes to like what you're saying, like getting those opportunities, getting into writing, you know, professionally, and so on. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I always say, I always tend to say, that like the best thing that you can do, uh, and I think this is a Woody Allen quote, or it might be Groucho Marx, but it's like ninety percent of life is showing up, and, you know, it's being. And I think that like one of the things that's always helped me, and I and now I'm in a position, and I've helped others further along, you know, their writing careers. At least I hope and try. Uh, it's like being around community, you know, like putting out your own stuff. If you're very new, you know. 
industry, knowing other writers, knowing writers who are doing work at Image or Vault, knowing writers who are doing indie stuff at you know your kind of weight class, so to speak, and and forging relationships, you know, making friends, you know, like um, I know the door was open for me, or, or at least a right open for me a few times because um, people thankfully got to got to know me. Started by publishing uh, short comics, and then uh, I published a little bit more, a little bit longer. And I was around at cons, and I was posting stuff on different websites and message boards and social media, which is kind of niche then. But you know, I was doing all that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I was around, I was present, and people saw that, and they knew through that that like, oh, this guy can do the job. You know, he's he's dedicated to to the to the craft. He's dedicated to getting better. He loves the medium, and also he's around. You know, he is he is putting in the effort to show that he can be a professional and and, and be part of this community. And I've done the same thing. Like I have turned around and told they are doing what they can to make it. They want it. They're serious. Um, I can trust them to do the work. You know. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important to be to do that. And for for both getting to the question, actually, uh, for Vault, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, uh, Tim Daniel, who I co-write a plot with, we co-wrote uh, Curse and Burning Kills over at Boom, um, he became involved with Vault, he's their designer, and uh, I forget his exact, uh, I forget his exact title, trying to think of it, but I forget, but he has a, he has a, a considerable role there. And he was going there, and he was like, "These guys, you know, the two main people there, AJ and David Russell, is like, these guys are doing it. They're great. They got, they're the real deal. You gotta come do the book. You gotta come do the book." Like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll take a look. And, and met with those guys. We're, we're impressed uh, immensely. Me by the Wassels, we're friends to this to, to this day. And um, so you know, and Tim and I just met. Years before that, San Diego Comic Con, we were on the same panel. We were, we were like the young image creators at that time, whenever that was. Um, that's how we met. That's how we became buddies. And we, you know, again, I was at San Diego Comic Con. I panels and met him. And all of a sudden, that relationship, we became friends. And years later, he's called saying, Hey, I'm doing this thing at this place called Vault Comics. And uh, I did it. And it's been, it's been great. It's been the, probably the best thing that's happened to me professionally is being involved with those guys. That's, that's great to hear. And so what I'm taking from what you're saying is what matters is that you create your thing, you 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 do the work, effectively. You you write your thing, you draw your thing, and you you put it out there so that people can, can see that you can do it. And if you can demonstrate that, then people like Vault or Image or whoever it is um, will are more likely to take you seriously and give you a platform to get your your thing, whatever that is, out to a, a wider audience. Would that be would that be fair? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's a great way to put it. And I think that's, it's, it takes time. It takes money. It takes investment. Investment and time, money, and energy, and resources, and all that. Uh, and there's no guarantee, and it sucks, you know. But nothing else. You do, you know. It's a good solid. Ten years or so. I think I, you know, my first published comic was 2006 or seven, and you know, wait, you know, and that was kind of, I guess, ostensibly a breakout book. I guess you could say. I'm always uh-huh. apprehensive. So I don't. It's like, what does that mean? But um, you know, um, it 
good book. It was a good book for me, and uh, I'm glad people enjoyed it. But like, that's ten years. Yeah, I suppose that old joke of um, yeah, you've been working hard for a decade, and suddenly you're an overnight success. Yeah. So, I mean, your your latest book um, that more is at Vault, and your next book is also at Vault, um, and that's how this conversation kind of came about because I was interested in exploring your, your latest your latest thing um, and that's the plot yeah which um, you know as a vaguely mercenary comics retailer I'm going to just point out you can pre-order that and you probably should because I've read it and it's great one of the things I love about what I do now for a living is uh, I get to read preview copies of things and uh, that means I've already read the first issue of the plot, and it blew me away, man. It's it's properly creepy, scary horror stuff, and horror is not normally my genre. So that it's that it's speaking to me, I think, is quite a good sign. Because because you know, as I say, it's it's not normally my thing. Um, I don't want to get into spoilers or talking about details. Um, but if you're going to elevator pitch the plot to people, what would you say? Yeah, I would say it's about uh, a family who experiences a uh, traumatic loss, and after that loss, they struggle with their home, into their familial home, long, long-standing familial home uh, in Maine, and uh, in that home, through this traumatic event, they learn that their family history is not what they thought of. And they are staying some serious skeletons uh, in their closet, and they are all in very, very serious danger of suffering the same way that their family has been suffering for generations. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of like uh, haunting of Hill House uh, mixed with Lock and Key, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah. It, it is very, and. Um, in the show notes for this episode, um, I will have some of the um, visuals for this, uh, which are stunning. I have to say. Yeah, no, I, 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 I've only seen it on a screen. I'm, I'm really keen to see it on a, an actual page. Um, but even on, just, I'm, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of comics on a screen. But even on a screen, the, the visuals are fantastic. I, it's properly brought the the creepy kind of feel, I think. And yeah, I've re- I really loved issue one. Um, Vault were Vault. Actually, I was going to say Vault were kind enough to send me a PDF. I think it was actually you that sent me the PDF. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I was uh, I was thrilled to read that. It's absolutely great. I cannot wait to actually have the physical copy in my hand. Um, and I guess one of the things I therefore have to ask is. Where the heck does that come from? I mean, what's your, what's your, what's your inspiration for this? I mean, is this is this pure imagination? Are you, are you tapping into stories that you've heard, uh, local legends, uh, personal experiences? I mean, where does something like the plot come from? Uh, I think the plot comes from. So Tim and I have been working on the plot for a really long time. Uh, we wrote Curse and Burning Feels, like like I mentioned, and we did, we did those books a few years ago, uh-huh. um, which um, we're, we're good. I don't 
first three specials, and that's the one that people always come and talk to me about, uh, which is cool. I love it. It's, uh, it's really nice when people, uh, when something sticks around. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been working on, that was a number of years ago, we've been working on uh, uh, this, the new one, the plot, uh, for a while, and I think it's a, it's a, it's at the intersection of Tim's, some real life stuff that he discovered about Visuals. He's a more visual person. He's actually a graphic designer. That's what he does. At, at Boom, he does all their trades, their dresses, their trades, logos. Mm-hmm. He does all their trades, logos, etc. And uh, so he's a much keener visual talent than me. Um, but uh, so he had this like image of this tree with made out of skeletons and just stuff about boss and there's something here. And the more it developed over time, this is definitely. A, I think I've said this uh, on Twitter. Or somewhere, uh, this is definitely the most uh, personal book uh, that I've ever written. The most uh, uh, really uh, emotional book. It's about you know family uh, illness, which is something that's not uh, that's that I'm familiar with. Thank you. 
probably more palpable and make the scares all the more frightening because we care. Because we, 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 we understand these feelings. Yeah. Tied to the best my favorite book of these functions. Yeah, I think as as I I think I've already said, horror is not really my scene. But for me, yeah, when horror works, it's because it hits me somewhere that I recognise it. it. I've never been a a fan of the sort of Friday the Thirteenth slasher genre. It, when horror works for me, it's because it hits me where I live. It's because it it explores things that feel possible and real. And that first issue of the plot that really felt real to me. You know, those characters were going through things that I could, they were perhaps extreme versions of things I could recognise, but they were they were experiencing things that I could recognise that, you know, I think families have those those duties and and, and histories and um, sort of shared ideas. Does, does that make, I'm not entirely sure I'm making sense now because I'm trying to put together my thought process but no no that makes sense no i mean that's that's really what it is it's like you know we all have these dynamics in our families and relationships and, and that's again you know thing that like the part that i mentioned uh we don't know how much time we have and there's a possibility that we don't get it right the time that we have you know the two brothers in the story chase and charles Think you have yeah. In the time to be had, you never got it right, and that's that's gets sad and scary. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's that's perhaps a universal experience. I think we, we all have that with somebody in our lives. So so yeah, no, I th- I, th- I think you've you've tapped into something kind of primary. Yeah, I guess so. Or is it a bit like how we uh, our own mortality, the mortality of people around us? Um, you know, like horror is about, essentially, it's about death. Um, and, and uh, obviously, there's other things. That it's not exclusively about death, but 95% of it is dealing with death in some way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, even like you said, Brian, you think about death. About death, you can kill their wives, teenagers, and crap, which will like, don't want to die. <laughs> you know, like, so it's, it's, it's there. Yeah, yeah, I guess, and yeah, I guess, as you say, all horror is that in the end. It's that fear of mortality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's different angles to take. You know, I recently watched uh, the Netflix's um, Haunting of Hill House, uh, the Mike Flanagan production, and I thought it was absolutely brilliant, brilliant. And that dealt with death, of course, uh, but it dealt with death in a way that was actually kind of hopeful, in a way that's like, Yes, death is bad, but death doesn't have to be um, everything that you dread or everything that you fear or everything that you hate or whatever. Uh, it put a spin on death that made it more enduring or endearing. Um, and there's something kind of wonderful about that. And while the show was brilliant and terrifying, it also was uh, a glimmer of uh, profound uh, hopefulness. Uh, in, the, in its treatment of death. So there's lots of ways that you can take it, there's lots of ways you can present it, but uh, essentially it's kind of, it is, it is death. <laughs> You're circling around. Yeah, but I, as, as, as you say, I, I think, think of horror as a sort of scary, mess you up kind of, of 
entertainment. But I think you're right to say that, in fact, what horror really does is make the things that we are afraid of easier to deal with. It, it kind of prevent, presents a, a, a world where the things that most terrify us can actually be coped with. Again, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's all big. It's all big things that we don't understand, you know, like, and um, it's about trying to wrap your head around it and maybe not understand it or come to terms with it, you know, like. Yeah, I think that's a better way to put it, yeah, yeah. Well, well I'm glad we sorted that out. So, the plot is coming, um, and I, I'm sorry, I, I did have, at the start of this conversation, the release date of the plot in front of me, and now I don't, because I've managed to hit the wrong button here. September 25th. So, towards the end of this month, uh, the, the plot the plot lands on the rack. Um, I, I just want to say to anyone who's listening to this, I've read it. I feel immensely privileged to have read it earlier than everybody else. And honestly, genuinely, my role as a comics retailer put to one side, genuinely not trying to sell you anything, you really do want to get this book. I, I have not enjoyed a horror comic as much as this for quite some time. I'm not going to say ever, just because someone's bound to point out to me something I've said previously, but genuinely, it's, it's a really good, solid, creepy, thought-provoking story. And I, I want a lot of people to read it because I want to talk to people about it when they've read it so that we can completely geek out about it because it really is that good um and yeah no i i i, I don't want to come across as a, as a as a creep or a sycophant here but but genuinely i mean it, it really is i mean it, it, I, I can't think of a horror comic i've enjoyed more in the last couple of years i really can't it it's it hit me in all kinds of of, of places and it it really did genuinely creep me out. And, uh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that as an experience. Uh, so, I guess we're, we're coming up to the to the hour mark now, so I, uh, and I don't want to keep you too long. Um, so, I guess what I have to ask now is, is what's next? What's next? Let's see. Uh, I think I mentioned I have a book um, uh, coming with Axel Alonso's company, AWA, uh, called Archangel 8. Like uh, Punisher meets Hellblazer, uh, you could say. Ooh. Like biblical Punisher. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be pretty wild. I like the sound of that. Oh yeah, it's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I write that. I'm writing uh, more stuff. I didn't mention this before, which I'm surprised. Uh, I, I write Star Wars. I'm writing more Star Wars um, coming uh, starting in October. Uh, and then I have. Is this the the Star Wars Adventures? Yeah, we have an issue getting that in the UK over here. I've heard that before, which I'm so surprised. Like, I don't know why that's such a challenging thing. There's a licensing thing that makes me crazy, but yeah. Um, 
I hope to get hold of some of that soon. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, it's so it's so strange to me, uh, but um, uh, that's such a bummer. But yes, uh, I do more of that. Uh, I have a let's see another horror series that's going to be announced soon, and then a superhero thing that's going to be announced soon uh, that I can't mention, and then that's more stuff with uh, we're keeping that party going. Uh, with something cool, um, real soon. Well, not real soon, because we, we, we got, you know, <laughs> Regal plot involved, uh, but after that, we already have some lessons. Ah, oh, that's cool, man. I, yeah, I'm excited to hear about the things that you can't tell me about, and I, and, and I won't push you on that, because, yeah, I, I know how disclosures and embargoes and things work, so no, I won't push you on that. Um, but no, I'm, I, I'm excited to know that there are things that I am yet to hear about, so that's cool. Um, so yeah, I yeah, I guess I'm just looking forward to whatever comes next. Nice. Yeah, we're, you know, uh, I'm excited for everything. Uh, definitely putting in, you know, focused on my, my doing my best work uh, as possible. Uh, everything is continuously as good as possible, the space, etc. And uh, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm committed to doing. Um, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully I hit those marks and just able to keep making good comics. That's all. That's all I ask for. Well, I mean, as somebody who reads a lot of comics, um, partly because it's my job, and mostly because it's just fun. I've not read anything of yours that I haven't actually loved yet. So, um. I guess I just have to say, keep keep up the good work. I will, I will. Thank you, thank you very much. I'm glad you're enjoying it. And uh, oh god, well, no, actually, no. Do you know what? Genuinely, thank you for writing comics that people will buy, because that's what keeps me in business. And you are totally doing that. Good. That's good. Everyone wins. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's a, a a genuine virtuous circle, and uh, no, I I cannot possibly thank you enough for the brilliant stuff you've already done. Um, I can tell you that there are fans in this weird little Yorkshire town that I have my comic shop in who are massive fans of yours because they've picked up your books off the rack and fallen in love with them. And as a great, from my point of view, it's a great thing to see from two perspectives. I love comics, and so I love to see people fall in love with creators. Um, but also, I really love making a living. And so, and so I love it when people fall in love with creators and want to buy their work from me. So, from both of those perspectives, seriously, thank you. Because... Um, you're, you're doing great work, man. Just great work. Thanks. I, I appreciate it. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, I work really hard, uh, and I love what I do. So uh, I'm just glad to be here, and glad to be here to, to talk to you. This is, this is great. I'm, I'm just I'm just happy happy to be here. This is, this is fun. Yeah, no, no, and, and thank you for uh, thank you for coming on. You are officially the first actual professional comic book writing person who wasn't British uh, to come on this podcast. So thank you very much indeed for joining us. Well, look at that. Hey. <laughs> uh, <breaking the> mold. 
Thanks for staying up for this. You know, it's like 11 o'clock out there, so you're... It's late. Dad! Dad, you know, you know what? Sleep is for weirdos. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you know, you can catch up some other time. Sure. So, we are coming up to the hour, um, and I am happy to keep this conversation going all night, as far as I'm concerned. But I imagine you have other stuff to do, so I don't want to keep you too long. Um, is there anything I haven't asked you that you really wish I had? Good Lord, does that mean I'm actually professional or moderately good at this? I am. Right, that's that's going on the full quote. Um, okay. Um, well, I guess we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll bring this to a a gentle and happy end. Um, thank you so much for joining us. I really do appreciate it. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast, and uh, I, I, I guess we'll, we'll call it there. It, it absolutely has. Uh, listeners, thank you for listening, uh, whether you're on the podcast or on Harrogate Community Radio, and we will see you next time, the next time we meet at the gates. <laughs>